My people, what up though? So we're back with episode two, All Black Men Need Therapy. And what we wanted to do before we began going into the topic of the episode today, which is PTSD, we want to talk about episode one. Yeah, and it's so funny, man. This is still so like weird to me because we're talking about episode one, like that we've been recording forever. But uh, it's uh, we we had some we had uh, we went back and forth, people, and and Chief made a good a good um point. He was like, man. We should share the dialogue that we had after recording episode one. And I'm like, for what? I'm like, because, well, one, just so y'all know, he wanted to re-record it. I'm not here for that. I wanted to re-record it, y'all. I wanted to give y'all the best product we can give y'all. But we thought it'd be good for y'all to grow with us as we move through this podcast and forum. We knew nothing about it going into it. We still don't know very much about it. But we were like, well, hey, we're going to get some feedback from our, from our immediate, from our close friends and see, see what they thought about it. We took the feedback they gave us. We're going to hopefully apply that into this episode and give you something a little bit different. We had some technical difficulties where we recorded with the microphones and we saved it and it didn't save. So we had to use the audio from the video camera, which thankfully we did that. So this one might sound a little bit better in terms of, you know, when you hear it now versus the first one because we have, we have the micro, microphone set up and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, and, you know, look, guys, it ain't how you start, it's how you finish, right? So, so we, we, we started off there, and it was what it was. We feel like um, we're going to make some tweaks, but at the end of the day, like we said in the, as a disclaimer in the first episode, like, we're we, we going to be real authentic and vulnerable, right? So some of the things that come out will, you know, may not sit well with some people, but these are things that we are unpacking, right, for all of you guys to see. And hopefully this will allow you to um, unpack some of, your, some of your challenges or potential traumas that you've experienced that you may not even been aware that you were experiencing. So, yes. so we go back and we went back and forth about this, but we're doing it just because, again, you're going to grow with us in this process. You we're, said that. We're, we're accepting your feedback and don't. <laughs> we're accepting your feedback. And uh, so if you have anything for us, all black men need therapy at Gmail. Let us know how you, what you thought about the first episode. We think about the second episode. People said we didn't introduce ourselves well enough. I'm like, what more do you need to know? Like, we us and yeah, but you know, um, there's just some validity to that, right? Like, we've known each other for 20 plus years. Um, I've always been the superior athlete. <laughs> That's so okay. So, candidly speak, I'll, I'll give him athletically. He might be a little bit more whatever, whatever you want to label it. However, anytime we've competed. I have been victorious from back in the day in Mr. Mr. Johnson driveway when we was yeah, pooping I outside. I remember. <laughs> like 14. I've always won. So, yeah, y'all, y'all call heard, it what you want. Y'all heard the saying, you play down to your competition. Like, that's <laughs> well, you should have played up because you got scraped. That's kind of what, what was happening in those times. But no, yeah, we, we've been friends forever. Um, we're, we're family, right? Like, he comes to my family events. They, they know him. He walks in my house, opens the fridge, don't have to knock. Well, now we do because my wife is breastfeeding and stuff, so that's a little weird. But anyway, um, outside of that, we're just people, man, and um, we've 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 had we've had our, our lives have been parallel in a lot in a lot of ways, and we just have an, an incredible bond, man. And and we just thought it was time to uh, start discussing some of these things that we don't even talk about to ourselves, right? Like, and it just it just happened. We stumbled across a, across a conversation, and I made the statement that. All black men need therapy. And he was like, but why? Like, I'm not going to therapy, basically. And then we got to, we got to talking. And then he was like, man, people need to hear this. So the the, the title came from, from a stance that I made a while ago. And the podcast came from him, right? So he was the driving force behind the podcast. Another thing you'll understand about the dynamic between the two of us is, like, for all our similarities, we're a lot, we're, we're a lot different in a lot of ways. Whereas, like... I like to play the background, like, you know, I'm not really the vocal person, I, I um, that's kind of like my role, where he performs on, on stages across the world and stuff like that, so he's a natural performer, he's, he feels very comfortable in front of the camera, whereas I'm kind of uh, gun shy a little bit, but when we communicate with each other, it's like, you know, all bets is off. Yeah, and even in public in those regards, like, we, we, we just bounce like we just bounce, we feed off each other, and we can we can you know, we can carry a conversation. We you know it, it, we're not afraid to approach people and have conversations. But in the same token, we both tend I tend to play the black the background too for like in a lot of in a lot of a lot of occasions. I mean, I yeah. am used to being on a stage, lot. but 
Whatever, B. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Two. Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, that's a little bit about us. If you have questions about us, if you want to know specific things, again, email us, talk to us, hit us up in the comments. Let us know what, what questions you have and we can answer them in, in, in episodes to come. You know what I mean? So, that'll be, that'll yeah. be pretty dope. At the end of the day, guys, we ain't no different than y'all. Like, the conversations we're going to have, I guarantee you it will... At minimum, resonate whether or not it, you can relate to it or not. But it'd be a conversation that, when you hear it, the conversations we have when you hear it, you'd be like, "Damn, that makes sense, right?" Or I never thought about it like that. And that's all. Just trying to have some thought-provoking conversation, and um, and that's it. Like I said, like we said in the first episode, you know, we these are things that we've personally experienced, right? That I'm sure some of you be able to relate to. And our episode today is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And you'll see, like, when we get into it, um, actually, that, that's another thing. So, the episode today, we're going to talk about some statistics. Like, last episode, we talked about, you know, not having all the statistics right away. We, we wanted to start recording. And, um, and I also mentioned in the last episode that we are statistics, right? So, we, we've experienced some of this stuff, regardless of what Google says or anything like that. But we're going to share some of those statistics with you. Then we're going to take it down to a micro level um, of... Um, Look, if you're listening to me and you are a black American in this world today, I unequivocally know at some level, some at some point, you've experienced some type of trauma just from being black, right? Which could potentially promote, um, lead to uh, PTSD. So How crazy is that, though? You know? Like Just hearing that right now is just like, just because you're black, right? You're guaranteed to experience experience some type of trauma. Yeah. And um, so there's a lot of legs to this, right? Like there's a lot of ways, like like there's a lot of ways we could have went, but we just we just tried to keep it simple to um and we, we're keeping it simple based on one statistic that we feel like it, it's important to talk about. And like I said, it is uh it's something that you may not even thought about. And we were just going to talk about it. And we didn't, quite frankly, we didn't even really think about this until recently. So Until we had the discussion about right. it. Like, yo, let's talk about that too. Right. But one thing, uh, um, I was talking to a friend about the show. And, I, and she asked, what was, what are two things you want to do different or grow from the previous show? And I said, I want to make sure we finish our thoughts. Because a couple of times myself, I, I began to say something that got so caught up. And, look, you know, was looking for stats somewhere. I was looking through my phone for the message Bell's mom had sent. And just didn't finish my thoughts. So we're trying to... Be more clear and concise in what we have to say. Secondly, I said I want to be more relatable, and I, and not that we we are not, but we had this thing where we wanted to be. We had this conversation. It was like, yo, we want to come off as the everyday regular person, and it's like, but but we're not regular, in a sense of we knew at a very young age kind of what we wanted to do, where we wanted to go with our lives, and we, I remember us, but it was like 14, 15, getting up in. The, 16, getting up in the morning at 5 o'clock, going to work out, because we knew, we knew we had to get scholarships to go to college. If we didn't get scholarships, we wasn't going. But those are the things that we did at a very young age, and it's like whatever we've put our mind to, no bullshit, whatever we put our mind to, we've we've pretty much been successful. I mean, pat, pick, pat, pat on my own back, but at, at 16, I'm writing poems, my, my football teammates is laughing at me, now they pay to come watch me perform. Like if I told you at 14 I wanted, I wanted to be a professional poet, you'd have probably laughed at me and be like, get out of my face. But now, they're coming to my shows. You know what I mean? This dude was like, yeah, I got to buy my mama a house. I remember going to his crib and he had a, on, on his wall, on a board, had a couple cars, buy my mama a house, yada, yada, yada. G my living good right now. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's a testament to the devotion we have to succeeding at whatever it is we desire. Yeah, as much as we're... Regular, we're different, right? And I'm sure a lot of you can relate. So, without further ado, we appreciate you guys' attendance, you listening. We're going to jump into it. P so, PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder. When most people think of PTSD, you immediately associate it with having come back from war, having served some time in the military, for, for, the, for the most part. But when it comes to, to black people, African Americans. I mean, it starts from the most simple microaggression, like the you know the lady clutching her purse when you walk around on the, on the sidewalk, or the, the the stereotypical elevator team when you walk in and you get the side eye, and you know people you feel their bodies tense up. That happens to us all the time. I mean, we're we're not small men. I'm, we're both about six two, over two hundred pounds. You know what I'm saying? So just the general nature of who we are can be intimidating to some people, and unfortunately, 
We see that all the time. And after a while, so many of those those micro experiences add up and they can be they can be traumatic. Like you you start to second guess yourself, like, you know what, let me smile before I walk into the elevator so I don't scare these people. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just and it sucks sometimes. And it also shapes you. True. Right? Like it shapes you as an individual who who you become. And um and you don't realize it sometimes, right? So like so we're gonna read some statistics, guys, but um the the thing is I could tell you all the statistics in the world, like I said, but I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down to where for some people, and again, like like I said, I'm not speaking for all people. Like like when we said in the first episode, we're speaking from our experiences. Um so let me give you the, the clinical definition or the yep. clinical description they gave as I was doing some research. And it says PTSD, the diagnosis conjures up images of hollow-eyed combat veterans or terrified rape victims. But new in, new research indicates that racism can be just as devastating as gunfire or sexual assault. Like how crazy is that? We've seen the movies or we know people who have come from the come from wars and are, you know, they have an extreme level of PTSD. And the nightmares they have and so on and so forth. When they equate simply simply dealing with being black is equivalent to coming from war. Like how insane is that? That many people may not even realize of the shit that we go through on a daily basis. Well, most people don't. And I think, you know, another reason why I picked this topic because of the, the recent current events. It's like, like, like the reason why I was not huge on statistics, guys, because like we don't got to go far to realize that, you know, the stuff that we deal with isn't... Um, what everybody else to deal with. Like I, I was listening to uh, or watching Michael Che uh, from Saturday Night Live. He had a stand-up. He was like, we said black lives matter. He was like, what's less than matter? Like, right. we, we, we just, we just trying to matter, right? Like, right. And, and that's it, right? It's just, um, it's one of those things. So we, we thought it was appropriate because of everything that's going on, all the civil unrest and, and obviously the injustice, injustice and marginalization and, and all of those things. And, those are things that are in your face, right? Those are things that white America sees and maybe starts the conversation, right? God knows I know I've received a ton of, of calls and concern and, you know, from a lot of uh, my, my white friends just, you know, trying to educate themselves and, and um, get a better understanding of how I'm feeling more, more importantly. So what I want to talk about today, though, outside of all the... Um, the nonsense, right, that was that we're experiencing recently and, and what we're witnessing. I want to talk about where some of this um, trauma and anxiety can come from. And, it, and believe it or not, it can start as early as eight years old, right? And then somebody Sometimes. may say... In some cases, even earlier. But go yeah, ahead. and some people may say, well, how can an eight-year-old, you know, uh, form PTSD? And um, I don't know if you want to... Where's the statistic about uh, households? Or single family households. The bottom of the page. Well, you got it right. 25 right there. So 25% of U.S. children under 18 live with one parent and no other adults. 62% of that 25% are African American families. Right? Um, so another statistic that I didn't realize, guys, until like recently, that black males have a one in three chance of going to jail or prison or some form of confinement. That's 33%, right? So that makes sense when you look... Wait, wait, does that make us statistics? Hmm? I mean, just having gone, period, does that make us statistics? Part of the statistics? Yeah, I, I've been to jail before. I was saying, me too. Yeah. So is, that, is that like, yeah, I mean, we, I ain't do no hard time, but just being behind the bars, like that... No, like that, that counts, yeah. It's, it's um, uh, jail, prison, or like I said, some type of confinement. That's yeah. So we're, like I said, guys, we don't need to look up statistics, we statistics, right? <laughs> And you know, I ain't got no record or nothing like that. But no, I'm I expunged, B. I'm expunged, so you I never know. I didn't even get to expunge. I had I, I'ma make that another episode. Remind me, stop and frisk. <laughs> I'ma talk about that. <laughs> he got stop and frisk and held in incarceration for, for <laughs> I'm telling you what, for a weekend. Was it a weekend? Forty eight hours, B. That's crazy. Forty eight hours, man. We'll talk we'll talk about that though. I remember that. Um so anyway. With a 33% chance of a black male going to, to, to some form of incarceration, it makes sense while the single, the single parent household statistic is so high. So when you say, okay, well, how can an eight-year-old create PTSD? So Chief and I, again, like I said, we're, we're, we're the same in a lot of ways and we're different in a lot of ways. So 
I was fortunate to grow up with both my parents for the most part, and I'll explain that in a second. Um, and Chief, as I said last episode, met his dad like two weeks ago. Um, so he, he grew up with his mom, you know. Who, Shout out to Dukes, yo. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Peaches. P.S. Um, mom's name is Peaches. Like, real nigga shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peaches. Um, introduce yourself as Peaches. Um, so anyway, so our statistic today, or excuse me, our, our post-traumatic stress disorder occurrence that we're going to discuss is that eight-year-old kid so tell me if y'all if y'all can relate to this or if you've heard of it right when a boy and i'm talking about again our name of our show is all black men need therapy when a little eight-year-old boy nine-year-old boy young child nonetheless is in a, in a single parent household typically the mother the conversation that is had more often than not is you're the man of the house now. You're the man of the house now. So I've had that conversation before with with my dad and Chief's had that conversation before with his mom. So we want to just talk about what that does, right? And I know it's from our parents' standpoint when they had those conversations with us, I took it as empowerment, right? Like 100% like giving you an opportunity to step up and everything like that. But what we're going to discuss today a little bit is how that can show up negatively in our life. So, Chief, I, you want to just talk about you and Peaches growing so, up, and I'll talk about how, I, mean, I, just, how I had that conversation. I, I remember my pop coming to, this is the legit, no, no bullshit, outside of when I was 31, but I remember my pop coming to my house when I was, I had to be like four or five. And this is the only memory I have of him. He came into the crib. Him and my mom was talking. He picked me up, like, picked me up and put me, like, over his head and then put me back on the ground. I don't remember seeing his face. I remember Dukes telling me that that was my dad. I couldn't tell you what he looked like. Up until I was 31, I used to always say I could walk by this man every day and not know it was him until the day I met him. And then it was like, wow. Like, it was pretty bugged out. But... That's the only recollection I have of my father being around. My mom didn't get married until I was 22-ish, maybe, 23. I was in college, so I didn't, I didn't I think I went to my mom's, but I think I came back afterwards. I, had, I was during football season or whatever. Um, but growing up, it was me, her, and my brother Peanut. Again, my, bro, my mom Peaches, my brother Peanut, and my other brother Duck. Like, typical project household, right? So... Growing up with just them, like I was given that you just you took on the responsibility initially being the the elder brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say elder because elder comes with maturity. You know I'm saying I was mature. I was mature. Huh? <laughs> so with that, with being the the oldest brother, you just take on the responsibility of of being the quote unquote father figure in the home. I mean, Dukes worked second, third shift sometimes, so you know you had to be home. Like I I don't know if people still do it to these days, but you probably do, but. They, you know, we got left home at 9 o'clock. Lock them doors, don't let nobody in this damn house. Yeah, latchkey kids. Right. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Lock that door. If it, Don't let nobody in the house. Anybody knock, I don't care who it is, you don't let them in. So I'm turning away aunts and uncles because mama said can't nobody come in the I house. I turned away my mom one time. <laughs> that's a true story. My auntie Linda, uh, man, that's, we'll get into that in a single time. <laughs> Tell the story. No, so I was I was like five. Um, and oh, I lived in the house at five? You judging me? No, I'm just your mom. <laughs> I was like, um, anyway, it was I was young because I was still living in Bloomfield, and um, my aunt was—I think my aunt was supposed to be watching me, <laughs> and she said I'll be back and don't let nobody in the house like at all. And I lived on—it was a two-family. My, my grandparents owned the house, and we was on the first floor, and um, so I, I followed instructions. And uh, my mom came to the door. And they was like, let me in. I was like, nah, not not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> like, that's not what I was told. Man, they told me, don't let nobody in. Can't nobody come in. I'm not trying to get beat. Um, but yeah, so that, that I can relate to that. Um, sure. be, being left home. But So my experience was a little different. Because, um, and this, a lot of you might not even know this. Um, for those who know Don't me. nobody know this. Ain't nobody, they don't even know you. You just introduce yourself. I told you, seven people we know is listening <laughs> at least. So anyway, when I was young... My parents, um, shortly after I was born, my dad went to prison. 
So my dad went to prison. So my dad was in prison. Um, and that's another conversation. Maybe I can have him on one day. You know, I still Man. don't know what he went to prison for. Like, I didn't hear and I didn't heard a lot of stories, but I still don't know what he went to prison His for. His dad is by far the greatest character, the character you could ever have on the show. By far, yeah. come on! All the characters Martin played on the show combined is his dad. Like, dude is, dude is absolutely insane. Good dude though. But so yeah, so my dad. So when I, so I think the first four to five years of my time out. I'm gonna let you finish that first four or five. But this yeah. is another thing that another element we have to put into there though. We are fully grown men with families, and my man just like admitted like I still don't know what my father went to prison for. Yeah, it's crazy. But why? Did Pop never talk about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something like Pop probably never nah, spoke about that nah, experience. When, when he talks about going to jail, he calls it college, first of all. <laughs> like That's what I mean by like, Pop being a character. Like, my daughter didn't know he didn't go to real college until she was like 13 or something <laughs> like that. Like, like it's crazy. Like, because that's how he refers to it. He refers to it with the college. Maybe because of the amount of years he was there. It just Maybe he got his master's. I, I don't know. Well, we know he definitely gets his master's. But that's I'm so funny. But anyway, um, my father was in prison for, uh, like I said, the first four or five years of my life. I can't remember exactly what it was. And when he came home, they, my parents were back together. But then they, they would always, even to this day, they break up every seven years. And then they split up for a period of time. So when I was young... He, he told me, he's like, you know, I remember where I was at. I was living um, in Ledgecrest, and he's like, you're the man of the house. That's like the, like, scale. The one to five is like level two projects. Yeah. Five, you know what I'm saying? Five so, being the worst. But yeah. it's, still, it's still the projects. Um, so he told me that, and I didn't really know what it meant. But, you know, that, like, I, I literally remember walking back to the living room, like, Almost, almost, I guess, and I didn't know at the time, but now that I'm thinking back, almost like chess out a little bit, kind of like, yeah, I got this, you know what I'm saying? But if you think about it, like in, in reality, <laughs> like you're setting that kid up for failure, right? And I'll, and I'll explain why. Because there's no way in hell an 8, 10, 11, 12-year-old kid even can be the man of the house, right? Let's think about that responsi responsibility, as men, as the man of my household now, right, and chief as the man of your household, right, as protect, provide, right, like don't let's just be a stop there. Those are the two cornerstones. To protect and provide, like absolutely. How, as a, as an eight year old child, like what do you what do you do to how do you get there, right? Like how do you get to that point? So, what the reason why I said that is because what ends up happening is this kid now tries to overcompensate. Right. That's the number of fights we get into as a little kid. I'm the man of the house. I got to represent that when I'm in the streets and the cats try and talk slick. And that's just part of the trauma that we go through. You have It's a it's a facade you have to put on because you've been labeled the man of the house. Right. Um, and the thing is, like, I remember listening to this song by Noriega. Um, the name of the song is Sometimes. And he talks about when he had that conversation with his dad. And, and, and the line is... It goes, Poppy, you got to protect your moms, even if that means you got to strap up arms, right? Meaning, even if you got to get a gun at 10, 11, whatever age you are, you got to hold hold the family down, basically. So now, I didn't realize this wasn't normal, and this is the truth, until I got into corporate America about 10 years ago. And I'm listening to some of my, my peers' upbringing, and they're not worried about, like, protecting and providing their mom for their mom and stuff like that, like... They out there riding bikes with their kids or with their friends and rollerblading all those things. And again, my life wasn't bad, so please hear me clear. But what I'm talking about now is how this or where this starts, right? Now, like we mentioned, Chief and I were, were fortunate, right? We we made it out of our situations and, and, and we're doing relatively okay. So, but what about that eight-year-old kid that has to protect and provide? So right. You when you reference the protect part, like the the the, the, the quote from Noriega, like I, it's fine, I'm going to throw another quote at you from Busta Rhymes in the, in the I'm So Hood remix with, with Khaled and them. And it's just, it's the it's the literal essence of what we do in order to be able to provide. And it says, y'all niggas know where I'm from. I, and I rep it to the fullest to the day that I'm done. So hood, where we live. If a nigga sold drugs, any rich, mama's still proud of a son. But that's like, that's, the, that's what Hold on, hold on for a second. You said, if he's so rich... I mean, if he sold drugs and he rich, mom is still proud of his son. Yes. 
right? Think about that for a second, right? Think about the people, like, listen, man, like, can we can we have an honest conversation, black people? <laughs> like, we all got that cousin that get to it. Like, we all got that cousin that get to it. And, get to it. And or uncle that get to it. And every, I'll speak for myself. Like, Low-key, Dukes used to get to it. I ain't drive attention Dukes. It's over. You did your time, but Dukes used limitations, to get, yeah. yeah so. Dukes used to get to it. Remember when the Jakes came in and kicked the door down, and we had the little weed packets in the little small pocket of the pants. They came in throwing everything out the out the dresser drawers and never checked the little pockets. Gotcha, bitch. Word, <laughs> word. But go ahead. Um, no, we all got that. We all got that cousin or that uncle or that person. I mean, listen, man. Every black man on my father's side over thirty has a felony. Period. Wow. Every black man in my on my father's side over 30 has a felony. So you grow up looking at, okay, well, how can I provide? And the reason, like I mentioned in the last episode, being in corporate America, I want to go back and talk to these kids because we don't see those images, right? If you grow up in level two projects like I did, as Chief mentioned, <laughs> you know, you're going, you're going to see images of people making money that more often than not will not be the right way, right? So that pressure, again, you don't you don't internalize it as pressure as at, at 10 years old. You just know what you were told. You know what I'm saying? And you don't have a dad that's there, right? Yeah. Chief's dad was gone, out of the picture, never to be seen again until recently. My dad, <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. My dad was always around, but he wasn't in the house. So he can't be there for that real-time feedback, right? You do something stupid. Like he's not there to be like, nah, Bell, this is not this is not how you do it. Or he called he used to call me Duke. But um, so where you go? Right? Where do you go? You go to the other the, the, the elder statesman of your neighborhood. Right. The cat with all the money. Right. The cat with the whips. Right. They they sending you to the store, giving you a dollar or two here and there. And then depending on who you are, they may take a liking to you. And then now you found an, an avenue. Yep. Right? So now that's where the provide thing can come come from. And again, guys. I'm speaking from my peripheral, right? Like where, where what I seen growing up and what I wanted. Like you know, it's so crazy. And and, and I'm gonna finish this thought. But even as an adult, like when I used to see drug dealers when I was younger, I used to see the cars, the clothes, and stuff like that. As an adult, you know what's so crazy? What I thought, like the I don't want to say the pinnacle of success, but like the. Uh, the outward success was being able to afford a pair of Prada shoes. Like, how crazy is that? $400 shoes, and I was a young adult, but I'm like, man, like, I made it, basically, because I was able <laughs> to afford a pair of uh, Prada shoes because I used to see the drug dealers wearing them, and I could never afford them. So anyway, you, you, you find that as a means, right? Okay, here's an opportunity for me to make some money. Now, we all know how that, that story ends, right? We know yeah. how that story ends. For most of us. For most of us, that's it ends... With an incarceration, with a stint, sometime locked behind bars for most of us. Right. And um, and another thing that comes from that, if you ever notice in black men, they, we love our moms, man. Like, I, and I'm obviously biased, but I feel like we love our moms harder than any other race. And I don't know, well, I do know why that is, because we were taught at a young age that we have to protect them. Right, right, for sure. Like we we need to protect them, so they always hold a, a special place um, in our in our heart. So as a provider, right, like here's the best case scenario: you 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 are in a single parent household. You're coming up with your mom. She's teaching you all the right things. You you escape the streets, right? You escape them, right? Chief and I was able to escape them, and we were able to go to college, right? So you graduate high school, you graduate college, or you get a trade, or you get a career, right? But what if you don't? Like we can pull statistics on that. That's a small population, right? In relation to all the eight to ten year old kids out there. So now you gotta, like I said, now you are at a crossroad. I don't have a trade, right? I don't have a career. Here's what I do know because I've been witnessing it. Here's what I know: the streets. Right. Since I was younger, I remember being brought up. My mom's one of my mom's boyfriends. I'm not gonna name drop, but he he was out in the streets getting it, and he would take me with him. He would leave me like maybe. 50 to 100 yards away from where he was at. I had the little, remember the little picture with the rock had the pouch, the fanny mm -hmm. pack? Yeah, which it does are back in, by the way. <laughs> True. If I see you with a man purse, we don't. I'm never going to have one of them. 
have problems. Anyways. They call it a merce. The merce. If I see you with the merce, we will have problems. Anyways, we uh <laughs> he used to give me he used to make a cell and then give me the bread and I would put it in the um in the little joint and he would be like, Listen, if if something go down, the cops come around, you see something suspicious, run home, bring the bread to your mom's. You know what I'm saying? I, at the time, I don't really think I knew what I was doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because right. he, I would like, he would like ask me, like, stay right here. I'll be right back. And he would go do his thing and then come back. And I think I, I think I didn't know. But either way, I felt good because I had, a, I'm talking, about I had knots on knots on knots. And you had a job, word. I, and he, and he broke me off a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Gave me like a little twenty dollars or whatever. Stealing car stereos. <laughs> Give him boys out there stealing hundred dollar car stereos. <laughs> Give him twenty dollars, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Moving. Movie, y'all don't know what movie that is. Anyways, um, so yeah, man, that was and that's that's the real like, that was me being the provider almost in that sense. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, at minimum, you felt like you was pulling your weight. And <laughs> thinking about all these things, like you guys and listening to us, you may be saying, well, like Bell Chief, like that's all great anecdotal information, but like, how does this show up, like as PTSD, as you as you mentioned? So here's I'm gonna give you like the the um the surface level answer, right? One, growing up too fast, right? Way too fast. You you're growing up too fast, your your childhood's gone, and as a result, what happens is you can find yourself in situations that you shouldn't be in, um, or wouldn't have to be in if not put in that situation, right? Because again, if you're leading with protect and provide you're going to do that at all costs to a certain degree, right? Um, the second part is resentment, right? Like if you are, um, I don't want to say astute, but if you are, if you just are, are knowledgeable enough at that age, well, forget if you're knowledgeable enough. One thing that you will be able to see very clearly is that your dad isn't there, right? Like that is one glaring difference between you and all your peers, Right. So that resentment can show up in a lot of different ways. It can show up with your peers like beefing because, you know, you got a dad. I don't got a dad. It can show up in like your resentment towards men. Right. And specifically, if you want to take it another level, it can show up in your resentment towards black men. Right. Or men of authority. Right. So then now you're growing up. Yeah. When you're growing up like, man, damn that. Like, I ain't nobody about to tell me what to do. My dad never told me what to do. Right. right, but even even more so, like the whole, you know, how it's just customary in, in in the culture, like we talked about in the first episode. Like, dudes stare at you too long. Right, it becomes a pride thing. I'm the man in my house. You can, you ain't about to chump me. I'm the man at my place. You know what I'm saying? So that, that and and the crazy thing is, even deeper than that, it's like the thing is, you got to understand. Like, let's just say, right, for argument's sake, you took the route of a street career. Right, you took the route of a street career. This is your means. This is your means. It was taught. It was. It was said to you and ingrained in you that you have to provide. This is the way you provide. So now it's like people talk about. And Jay Z said, it "Used to beef over uh, building blocks. Now I'll beef over. Or now I buy blocks with buildings or something like that." But beefing over building blocks is like, no. This is my area. This is how I'm protecting or how I'm providing and protecting my family. If you. This is deeper than you just coming on my territory, right? right. It's deeper right. than that, like, and that's and that's what doesn't right, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, exactly, and that's what not that's what doesn't meet the eye. But um, so those, like I said, those are some of the surface level things. But I'll take it a step deeper personally, and um, and this actually just came to me. I didn't even have this typed up in terms of my notes. Like for me personally, how this showed up in terms of like, okay, where's the PTSD? The PTSD for me showed up where it was like I didn't consider myself successful because it didn't look like the neighborhood drug dealers. Right. And the crazy thing is, like, I have a lot of tendencies now that stem from that. Like, again, I don't you don't realize these things. And like we said in our first episode, we're unpacking this stuff here in front of you guys. And this is stuff that's just coming to my mind right now. But it's like, I have an absorbent amount of sneakers for no reason. Me too. We, right? We definitely do, for sure. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, like I wear hard bottoms five days a week. Like <laughs> <Me too. laughs> minimum 50 hours a week. When the hell am I going to have time to wear over 100 pairs of sneakers that I have? Right? The other thing I did is I bought a lot of jewelry. 
right? And now I, I'm, I still have that jewelry, but that was at a time in my life. I don't wear it now, but that was a time in my life where that was a status symbol, right? And you're talking to do the works in corporate America. Like I'm working in corporate America and I'm feeling like this is my trophy, right? Like, like the, I'll tell you it's a true story. I'm working in corporate America. This all, this was like probably uh, 10 years ago. I just started, maybe maybe nine. And I'm not making a lot of money at that time. I'm brand new. But my my first like ring of success in my mind is not when I, you know, hit like a milestone in my career. In my mind, and I'm telling, I'm being honest, I, this is how it showed up for me. My mind, my, my first success rung was buying a pair of Pradas. I remember you telling me that story. Like, how crazy is that? Right? Like, I'm so far from the hood in terms of my career path and definitely the people that I'm now associated with, at least on a work level. But I'm still trying to hold on and eclipse, like, what I saw as success. Right. And, 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 what, and how that could have negatively showed up in my life is I could have missed the opportunity to, to, to find real success because I'm still trying to find what I deemed as success. Street level success. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. And the thing is, we, and that's the thing, it's like we can't differentiate at that age. Like, okay, that's True. street level success. No, that is True. success. It, like, yeah, success. That, that is success. Yeah, so like that, success. There's no differentiator because, as we mentioned, dads wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? And mine was in prison. Um, and my, my, my people's friends or my, my people's dads weren't around either. So it's like we didn't have that dad. Or I Again, I'm speaking for myself. I didn't have that, that even a blue collar dad to come home, you know, with his lunch pail and like talk about his dad and have that. So I had to paint that picture of success. So that was the only image of success that I had. Right. Which is why. I said, I want to go back to the school systems and talk about to these kids about corporate America. Right. Like there's other people that are successful. They just weren't in my purview. Because yeah, as, a, as a youngin, we get so used to, I don't want to say appealing to the homies, but you want to you want to represent yourself in a light where you're deemed, quote unquote, successful. Yeah. So when they see you with the products, when they see you with the with the Jordans or so on and so forth, they give you that level of status i guess yeah because we put on that's that's the thing and and that goes back to the slave days i don't got time to educate yourselves i don't got time to go into that but because like of slavery yeah like it all goes back right like shout out to kenya burris like su- sunday's best like that comes from like the the sabbath sundays like we weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff so when we were we'll sn- sneak out and hold a service right we, we we put on the best things that we had whatever that was and that's what made us feel good so as a people, we like to show, we like to put on because... Yeah, we still kind of like low-key like that now, like, except it's in a different form. No, like, no, no. We, we, we always going to... Yeah, now, we always going to be like that. That's what I'm saying. We're always going to be like that. But the difference is, for me, again, I'm speaking for myself, the difference is for me was like... And the crazy shit is when, when I'm buying all this stuff and I'm doing all those things, the crazy thing is, and this is how, and this is why we all need therapy. The crazy <laughs> thing, I'm telling you, right? I'm buying all these sneakers. And at one point, for those who know me, I was in the classic cars. I had a bunch of old school cars. I keep trying to tell this guy. Don't nobody know him. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's true. But 70 of y'all, like I said, who listening, y'all know me. Y'all know about them old schools. Anyway, I was buying all these things. But the crazy thing is, I didn't even like driving them because I don't like the attention. Cause that now that's a whole nother layer, I and mean, this we can keep going, but that's a whole nother layer, right? You you, I never wanted to be looked at as like the flashy one. So I tell you a true story. Like I bought a, a new truck, which was a a foreign truck, and I didn't. I had it for two years, and in two years I put seven thousand miles on that truck because I just didn't want to drive it. I always wanted one, so I bought it, but I let my boy drive it all the time. They thought it was his because I just didn't feel comfortable driving it because I'm like, I don't want all that attention because if you grew up in the hood, you understand that that attention. Now, now mind you, he had the cherry red, the cherry red old school on 26s or something crazy yeah. with, the, with the booming system. <laughs> with the booming system. <laughs> but it's crazy, man, because it, like for me, and again, I'm speaking for myself, guys, like that, that was the thing. It's like I had all these things, but it's like soon as I, I eclipsed it, it was like success to me, but then it's like as soon as I eclipsed it, it's like oh shit, where the Jack Boys at? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you got to be careful which where you at and all this other stuff. So that's where the PTSD comes in. It's like it shows up in a lot of ways, man, and it's different for everybody. But for me, it showed up, and just to break it down, it showed up, and 
I didn't I didn't um resent my father because like I said my father was always around so it didn't show up there but it definitely showed up in me growing up too fast right and we'll talk about this in our next episode of fatherhood you know but I was a, I was a father at fifteen you know what I'm saying and we'll get into we'll get into that more later um but like my 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 peers at work aren't weren't fathers in their teens shit they weren't even fathers in their early twenties for the most part so that's what I'm saying that put me. I'm protecting and providing this, putting me around older people, older people that are doing older things that I'm just now doing because I'm in the environment. So that's kind of how it showed up for me. And um, and like I said, even as an adult, when I got into corporate America, it showed up in the sense where I was still trying to prove myself to the hood that like, like I, I made it right. Because in my mind and my immature mind at that time, that suit, that tie didn't hold as much credibility or weight as those products, right, right, right. which is crazy. Like, that is crazy. If I went back to the hood and told people that story, they would be like, man, you sound stupid. Like, we'd love to be in your shoes, right? Like, that's the crazy thing. But it's, again, it was a learned behavior. It was it was all um, ingrained in me when I was coming up. That was the only image I had. So that's how that you the man of the house can show up in, in, in your uh, adult life. And at least that's how it showed up for me. So for me, it was a little, I mean, in, in, in similar to some of the things you're saying, it was more the parental figure for me. Like, to this day, I have yet to call a man dad. To this day. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, to this day, even my, my, my mother's husband is referred to as my mother's husband, not my stepdad. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, and he's a great dude. Treats my mom, treats my mom very well, but... Shout out to Eves. Shout out to Eves. And that um, that in itself right there has me sitting back, like, looking at, observing different relationships. Like, I was filming something the other day, and dude was like, I think I think uh, Alvin is like, I don't know, he might be mid-50s, and his pop was there. His pop's like early, late 70s, early 80s, and he was calling him daddy. And it was like monumental for me. Like, it was just so dope to sit there. Like, these two super grown men, and he's they have that awesome great bond and it's I can't say I was a little envious in a, but in a, in a in a good way though. like I felt I was happy to see it but in a, in a sense I'm sitting Made back you reflect. right I'm sitting back going damn like you know I mean like I just I, I wrote a poem recently and and it starts off it's a who am I poem and it's like who am I I uh, with with one brother in corrections and the other in a casket I am my mama's only child I am the only child my father didn't raise mm. you know what I'm saying like my father was there for my brother for my sister you know what I'm saying? So what is, right. what was it about me? I've been meaning to ask you this for a while. Um, you want to jump him? <laughs> nah. It might be time, I still, man. I still live in the uh, honor thy mother and thy father thing. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he'll always be my dad. I just, you know, we just don't have a relationship. And it, and it is what it is. And so I, that's why I put my foot deep into my children so that you know what I'm saying right. like they, we have that that bond and that connection so the the, the traumatic part about it or, or you know where it shows up where PTSD shows up, for, shows up for me is the lack of attachment and the, the inner resentment I have for I guess people who have their dads around like I'm, I'm low key envious of the relationship you got with your dad like y'all, right. y'all get to laughing and cooling and having a beer and it's just dope to see but to be a grown man, like, I, I'm never going to be like, I needed my dad. And if he came back now, we, we still wouldn't have that, it, like, it, that dynamic still wouldn't be there for me. Because it's like, yo, I'm super grown, B. Like, there's nothing, right. you, could, nothing you could do for me. At, at, but at what, would point. you allow him to come back? I think after the conversation we had, I, what would be the point? What if you had a change of heart? You can't have a change of heart. You know what I mean? He, he, what he you said, mean you can't he said the reason I wasn't around is because I told your mother not to have you. I understand that. But what I'm saying is he can understand now that what he said and what he did, more importantly, was wrong. And he wants to make amends. I mean, again, he'll, I'll give him that respect to make amends, but I just don't see us establishing a, a relationship. But would you be open to it? I guess. I don't know. I don't know because yeah. I, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. Like... Why it would have to take something like this? Him hearing this, going, "Damn, I should reach out to my son." Invite him on the show? Nah, we not doing that. That would be crazy. That'd be crazy. (laughs) Have have him and my dad on the show. (laughs) Oh, you probably slap me. I could definitely see my father slapping your dad. (laughs) And then we then we gonna jump him. Then we gonna jump him for real. Wow. Yeah, nah. So I get. I don't know. That's those are some good. So it's a valid question. I, I really yeah, I'm know. just you know I'm just curious. It's like it's hard for you, for us, um, 
to fathom how uh, a father could have that one say that to begin with and then two double down and tell you to your face right you know what i'm saying like that that takes some balls and um so i could see why he's like you know we don't have anything to talk about i get it i get it 100% get it 100% get it but um but yeah guys like that's that's ptsd and we we could have went so many different ways with this obviously guys there's a uh a crisis going on in the world with systemic racism and justice and marginalization of black people. And to be 1 million percent vulnerable and honest, I didn't even want to touch that. And not because it's unpopular, not because it's um it, everybody's touched it, it's because I'm just not ready to have that conversation, yeah. if I'm being honest. Like the the current state, like the the George Floyds, the um, yeah, but I think that's definitely something, something that people want to hear about. I mean, think of, think about the the PTSD. That we could that, have a, that particular event right now has given the no, no, the, I know. the world. No, 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 no. I know, I know, and that's what I'm saying. It's like that's a we can we can have another. We can have PTS part two, PTSD part sure. two. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That has like, to happen. But that what we wanted to do was just give you the origin for some of us, right? Not all. That's that story. The stories we told today. That's not everybody's story. But I know a lot of people can relate, just like we can all relate to being stopped for no reason by a cop, right? Which is another level of PTSD that we might have to have part two. That shit, but that, that, but we can, that shit, that shit is just bugged out. But that's, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you see how much emotion that evokes just broaching the topic slightly. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just like, man, I'm not. I'm not episode two. I'm not ready to have that conversation with y'all, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I figured we, we'll start here and give you some origin for some people, like I said, um, and uh, and some framework, at least for myself. Like I said, again, guys or people, we want everybody to benefit from this, and this is therapy for Chief and I. And as as we said, we hope it can, at minimum spark conversations internally with, with some of our listeners. Right. Um, speaking of therapy, I'm going to see my new therapist tomorrow. Where? Yeah, I'm actually going to be right here seeing her oh, via uh, Skype, Skype or whatever. Or a, yeah. Zoom, a Zoom meeting with the therapist. Yeah. Hey, let me know how that goes because I'm not going. Nah, it's my, it's my you point. Realize you realize like, like, I've talked to you pretty much every day for like a while now. Like, I don't even really like you like that and like, stop calling me. Why you didn't want no therapist? <laughs> Still, it's causing effects. Causing effect. Uh-huh. Word. So that's it's it's been a bit of vulnerability. I, I think my dude opened up a little bit to y'all and kind of gave you a little, a little a little deeper insight into his his perspective because he again he's he's never been one to really tap into the vulnerability publicly. You know right. What I'm saying so. For this, this is this is a stretch for the both of us. I'm a little more comfortable than he is, but uh Can you cry on demand? Um Yeah, probably. If I think about you know what happened. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. That's another one. But that's another but but like like if you're acting though, like if you're in a role, could you would you tap into that? Like would you use that? I would have to tap in. So here here's some more for you guys. My two thousand nine, my younger brother was murdered and um yeah, I'm about to say, well, let's just talk about that right now. Another episode. But again, PTSD. Like, think about that. Like, I've always been very reluctant to go out with the guys. The fellas will go out all the time, and I'll go out, what, twice a summer? Yeah. And they go out, you know, at at best. And my brother was murdered going out. So, like, PTSD. Like, that shit still weighs on me. And that's what what we're saying. Again, this has so many legs, and, you know, once you guys listen to this, and if, if you want us to go, if you hit us up in the comments, you hit us up on the email, you, you say you want us to go deeper, it, it, it can get deep and it can go a lot of different ways. And if, and if that will help some of you, then we can go there. I think we got to get butter on here because he tends to have, he has a tendency to kind of push us, to get us to push the envelope. And that's fine. We can do that. I just, I don't want to do that tomorrow. No, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just, because no, you're right. Like, butter is very effective and, he, and he's really good at what he does, so. I want to get more comfortable with the audience and with these conversations before we. I think I, I'm we excited. To, I'm excited to see what people have to say, what their thoughts are. 
Um, email is allblackmenneedtherapy at gmail. I mean, I, we're excited to see what you got to say so we can take take that feedback and apply it to future episodes and kind of continue to grow, man. I mean, this is this is going to be dope. Yeah, I'm excited too. And just to, to, to put a button on this episode, the last two comments I'll make is um, we have to understand as unpopular as this statement is, just to recap the episode for the most part, um, the man of the house conversation was very irresponsible of our parents, right? And I know they were doing the best they could and they did, I, like I said, my life was fine. My life is great. I'm, no complaints. Um, so that's something to consider when and if for the female listeners or even the, the male listeners, like abandoning your children or, or females telling your children they're the man of the house. It's a lot of pressure. That, it is a lot they, of pressure. And, it, not realize. and I'm not saying you can't have a similar type conversation, but just understand how one could internalize it. I'm not going to say how everybody would internalize it, but how one could internalize it, right? We, you got two perspectives of people who've had that conversation. And, uh, hey, and for the most part, we've turned out okay. Yeah, that's so what I'm it, saying. I mean, it's, it has its benefits. Yeah, the it's... Same token. It's... It, and that's the other thing. It's like, you got to think about us as a people. Like, we're going to turn lemonade or lemons into lemonade. Right. Like, that's just who we are. Like, we're very resilient. So we'll take something that's supposed to be traumatic and negative and, you know, whatever, and use it as a a springboard, you know, and we'll 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 take that fuel to push us to the next level because of the convert the internal conversation we'll have, right? But that doesn't mean that the effects aren't present. We're just not addressing them. Right. Because we keep pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves. And and now what we're doing is we're avoiding. We're avoiding the trauma by setting another goal and hitting another ring, a rung on the uh, on the ladder. So and avoidance is a surefire way of not having those issues resolved. Right. So last thought, guys, how is this conversation showing up in your uh, life personally? And in your relationships, right? Like I said, like Chief said, for the moms out there, for the dads out there, you know, who've had that conversation um, with your child or have been, um, or your parents have had that with you, just kind of think about what that's doing to your current relationships in, in any form and then, you know, address it as you see fit. But again, just some thought provoking conversation that we thought we would share with you all as we, uh, Unpack our shit. Continue to unpack our shit. With all of you, you know? So, with that being said, that has been episode two of All Black Men Need Therapy. We want to hear what you got to say. Hit us up at Gmail. Therapy at gmail.com. Words of the day is hug a black man today and tomorrow. We out. Peace.